1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you know
2: Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! moment's
0: known.
2: They
1: don't to the line, Hughes curse. first career NHL goal. Quinn Hughes makes it one nothing. You are listening to Canucks Conversation.
0: Hughes, reporter here. Like- yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation
1: Network podcasts and delivered by DoorDash.
0: Just wave the
2: guy and get Demko involved. I wanted him in and down Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now.
1: What our house Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! We'll we'll public display.
0: Hello Canucks fans and welcome back from another episode of the Canucks conversation. No longer delivered. Oh. Almost threw me off there. Uh, we're going to be talking ding dongs anyway today. Um, we we got a new partner. Uh, you're you're totally so thrown off, off you don't know what to do. Well no I, 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 I know what to do. Settle down. Uh, We're back with Montana's. Montana's? Oh, baby, yeah. Yeah, you remember the uh, Get Montana's Messy promo that we did? We've got a new one coming, but more on that later. My name is David Guadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Our technical producer is Aaron, wait for it, Bordado. I got it right. I told you it was a name you could trust, Chris. Did I not? Uh, Our technical producer is Aaron Bordado. We're going to be talking to you about Montana's today, but we'll do that later. Uh, Let's jump into it right away. We. Yeah, I'm ready Hold to go, on,
2: man. It's a new year. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year, folks. Yeah, we haven't had a show this year yet. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And th- this needs to be addressed off the top. Okay. I am at the final stage of being sick. All yes. I have left is
0: congestion.
2: Yeah. So uh,
0: it was a Botchford Project day today. Oh, and I felt and bad. I we went to either. the rink. I went to the rink. As I, I went so, to the rink. As I so often do, I showed up to the rink. And uh, I, I got to talk with the Botchford Project fellows. Um, there's four of them today and i wasn't able to get to the last one which sucked because noah strang from canucks army was there he was there last one um, not that i don't you know like any of the other ones as much wow. just i know noah is what i meant um and yeah i was able to get down there give him some advice it was a lot of fun um we had a good chat me and the botchard project fellows and we got to hang out a little bit good very nice um you are sick
2: yeah well i'm over it pretty much right now I think, like, my throat's going to make it through this episode. My congestion is what's getting me. That's uh, that's what's getting it Tell you what, I was sick on New Year's, couldn't do anything. I was pretty much in bed at midnight, so that's unfortunate. You're out there. The only thing you were doing at midnight was tossing back uh, rubbing C- Crown and rums and Cokes and everything. But I'm worried. I told you this before the show. Mm. I don't know if I'm... Uh, if I'm fully straight, you know, my brain is not, uh, she's not fully engaged just yet. I think there's a little sickness running through it. Uh, at this point, that's keeping it a little bit lulled and a little bit dulled out, which is not good for me. Cause I'm not the smartest, brightest person in general, unless you ask my Nana, I am a smart person. If you ask her, unlike you, um, <laughs> but listen, I'm a little bit, uh, a little bit out of it still with the sickness, but I'm back from it. I'm pretty much back.
0: I'm literally going to get booed as a groomsman at your wedding. Like, your Nana's going to boo me, and she's going to get the rest of the family yeah. on board, too. Well,
2: you could tell her that uh, your girlfriend's from Saskatchewan. That'll I you that, win that'll you some points. Me, yeah,
0: that'll give me some brownie points for Hopefully. sure. Hopefully. Who knows, we'll honestly? See. It's hard. It's hard to know for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. We have to talk about it. And I, I, I well, don't... It's the biggest story since we haven't uh, done yeah. this show. We didn't talk... Off air. Also, a quick little funny story. Actually, no, I'm not going to tell it. It was on the okay. Patreon. We did a Patreon today. It was a lot of fun. I'll tell it another time. I told a funny morning skate story this morning. Right. Uh, it's on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Canucks 5 and $10 tiers gets you all of the bonus content. Okay. We have to talk about him, Chris. J.T. Miller. Oh, Miller time. Which direction do you want to go in this? Because the Ooh. discourse has been dominated by folks... Just absolutely ripping JT Miller a new one. Um, the Hockey Night in Canada broadcast obviously highlighted the um, lackluster defensive effort, keeping in mind it's a game after the whole incident, big air quotes there, with Colin Delia. Yeah, that wasn't a big deal. No, exactly. <laughs> and just, it, it's not a good look. The optics are bad, is all it comes down to. I think that's my take on the situation. I'm not going to try and come up here and give a take of, Oh, this is bad for the room or there's all these problems. Like, no, it's the same thing we said last week about the stick smash. It's, it's whatever with Miller. Right. And I don't like, I don't want to sound like we don't care or that I'm trying to downplay that the guy who you're about to be paying $8 million for the next seven years is ineffective right now. But I'm also, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what to say because I feel like everything that could be said in a negative manner about JT Miller has been said over the past 48 hours or however long, 72 hours, whatever it is. I feel like everything that could be said in a negative manner about JT Miller has been said already. And I'm definitely not reporting anything here or saying like, oh, this is, you know, um, there's something going on. But like, he isn't playing well. He seems... More upset, more quickly to anger, like he seems like he's going through a really rough time right now. Now, my point is that that could very well start and end at the rink, but it could also be something else. We don't know what this guy's going through, and again, I'm not trying to say he's he's free from all criticism because he's you know he's a human being, but I I am trying to remember that part of it because the thing that. Uh, that keeps coming back to mind is when I had this conversation with him about the children's hospital visit like two weeks ago, you know, he said like getting away from the rink and being able to go visit these kids is so much fun because, you know, just being able to escape everything going on at the rink. And this was when he wasn't playing especially poorly or anything like that. And the, the criticism, there were still criticisms of him. There's been criticisms of JT Miller all season long, but you know, I'm just trying to say that and again, I'm, I'm not saying I know anything and I'm not trying to say that someone should ask Miller about this because we're all, we should all know about it. Like, no, I'm saying one respect the guy's privacy. And two, you never really know if a guy's going through something. And I just think right now seeing the way he's kind of acting when he's having to talk to the media, um, just the way he's interacting with, with everybody in the media. And I haven't been around a ton, but like, you know, just from what I've picked up, like, He's not happy right now, and I guess that's a report because I can say that with fact that Miller is not too pleased right now. I, I know he's, you know, he's not playing well. Everybody can see that, right? And I, I think, you know, I, I just kind of wanted to point that out. That I'm not going to come on here and just keep ragging on the guy and sure. say everything that's already been said, but repeat it louder. I'm just trying to say that, yeah, like you know, we've seen him struggle in the past, but he's also I don't want to say he's remained positive, but something's just different right now
2: yeah he's been getting at least some sort of something out of it with the points and putting up goals 99 points being one, you know point per game with the canucks at this point it's not like he's dropped off that much from that level and i get what you're saying with everything could be something away from the rink but
0: and i'm not trying to say like oh trouble paradise no but here's what i'm saying
2: though is it's it's not about to me it's nothing to do with how he's speaking with the media or his you know the way that things are going with him as he's kind of giving interviews and stuff it's more about the play on the ice honestly it's about these things where that too not checking, not you know giving the full effort you know emotion kind of coming out to play and listen when you have an emotional player you you're going to have a roller coaster right when things are good you're going to love that that player is emotional when things are bad you're going to not like that they're emotional so it's a kind of it's a difficult ride to have with a player because you want someone who's engaged. Bruce Boudreaux said this the other day. You want someone who's, you know, going to care about things a lot. And then, listen, just because JT Miller is showcasing his emotions more doesn't mean that he like cares more than Elias Patterson.
0: Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Like that, that's
2: a tough thing because like, yes, he's like making it very obvious, but everybody cares just as much.
0: Yeah. And like, that's the thing is I just, um, I don't, I don't know. Like there's going to be a lot to say and I'm going to point to individual instances. like, yeah, that back check that Miller had. Yeah, that's unacceptable, Chris. And I think everybody's already said that. And I don't think it's going to come as a hot take or something that I need to come on here and say. And again, like I'm not trying to say that we're going to shy away from criticizing Miller. I just think it's been done so much already, and yeah, I right. just I don't I don't see much value in it to be quite honest with you right now. And again, like I know people want to sometimes people want to hear us just come in and just absolutely rip a guy, but I'm not there yet. Like I, I'm I'm not there yet, and I understand like. Like, I think what it really comes down to is it's not JT Miller's fault that the Canucks signed him to a $56 million contract. It is his fault that he's not back-checking. But you know what, Chris? He did this in 2021. And I understand this management regime wasn't here. But there are folks in that front office, very few, but there are folks in this organization. And, you know, it's also on you in the organization to... um, do your due diligence on the player. Like, hey, maybe. Does this guy have a have a history of doing stuff like we're seeing right now? Yeah, he does. This didn't come out of nowhere. Again, like I said, I don't know if this is because media access was a little bit different in that 2021 season when we saw the frustration with Miller during the Canadian division, but it was never like this where um, Miller just seems so displeased anytime you see him speak. Yeah. But like, it even, doesn't seem like
2: it. You could even see it like... The one, the uh, back and forth with Drance last year, where like asking if everyone was bought in, like that moment you could see already at that point, like yeah, you know, I don't know. The other thing is just the money that they put into him is what they're giving to a center who's going to be a top six center for you, yeah, on the high end of a top six center, like more towards a first line center than your second line center for money. So it's so difficult because yeah, this contract hasn't even started yet, and. It's going to be almost impossible. Like, to me, I, it's impossible to trade. I see Lisa in the chat asking to trade. Um, it's going to be so hard because there's so
0: much to go with him. And really good point in the chat from Kai Howard that I'm going to get to right now because it, it is really what it comes down to. Is Miller's an amazing player to have on a contending team, but mm-hmm. when he's on a heavily flawed team where he needs to be an all-situational center it's probably a recipe for disaster. Really good. Really We're good seeing wonderful. that right now. And great point, Kai, because that, that's what it really comes down to. Chris is like, I think the displeasure from fans and, and rightfully so, I'm not trying to say that Miller doesn't deserve to have this criticism, but in Here's a way before I Before you get to
2: that VR channel has one as well. Half the hate for Miller is simply the contract on this non-playoff yeah. team. So half the blame should go to Alvin as well.
0: And Rutherford. Let's not, yep. let's not kid ourselves. And Lisa's here.
2: got a p- good point. If he was performing better, I wouldn't be so anti Miller, right? He's got to perform because he's getting...
0: And he's not
2: even getting the $8 million yet that he's about to get next season. He's still making five-something. You could... It's going to... The hate is only going to get worse. The fact that his extension hasn't kicked in is making it really hard for Canucks fans to be excited about what you're going to see moving forward
0: here. And that's that's fair. But Rutherford's
2: got points against
0: it if you want to get to those. Well, we will in a sec because what I want to say is just that... Yeah, like a lot of the criticism right now for JT Miller is because fans look at this and they see... Bo Horvat scoring whatever he's going to end up with 50 plus this year. They see that and say, Wow, because of this guy who's not back checking. And again, I say because of him, because of his cap hit that the team gave him. Okay. It's not Miller's fault that he got paid that and that the Canucks haven't allocated their money well enough in the past with all of Reckman Larson and everything that they can't fit in Miller and Horvat. It's it's not Miller's fault that that's the case. So I should be careful with my words when I say, um, "Oh, it's because of this guy." But that's how fans are looking at. it, is they see Miller not backchecking. They say we're going to pay this guy how much, and because of how much we're paying him, we can't afford to keep Bo. And again, that's, that's a tough. really that's a really. Um, br- Wide brush sure, but that I just painted the picture with. It is the
2: biggest brush that's being used. In yeah, the painting but but as
0: well. just just to also clarify, the Canucks probably can extend bow. It's just not going to be easy, and two, I don't think they should with where they are in their competitive window. And I, I think see, that's what uh, it comes down
2: to. Elias Weed coming in here. Here, uh, I feel like that's a name that's trying to get me. Uh, but JT Miller's quote from yesterday. Let me read it. I'd like to say that my lack of production is a compliment to me not cheating the game and playing the right way. Yep. Yeah, I'm sorry, but Miller at center, his defense has been abominable. He, it has been a struggle in the defense zone well when he's he, at center. I got these stats up here mm-hmm. for you to read here, Quads. Look at this. So playing wing, JT Miller has done that for 279 minutes this year. He's been on the ice for 11 goals scored, 13 goals against. Not great, but his expected goals is actually positive. His expected goals, so he's been getting a little bit of bad luck when it comes to shooting percentage and getting scored on as well. Here's the thing. When he's playing center, he's been on the ice for four goals scored and 11 against, and the expected goals of control that he should have is 31.4. So, he listen, he's not a center. And you're paying a guy who's not a center now $8 million for the next 7 million years.
0: Yep. It's not good. What did I say? I mixed it up there. (laughs) I think I said. (laughs) No, no, no. You're on the right track. 8 million for the next 7 years. Yeah, people know what you were trying to say. Okay. And... You're paying him for there's, 7 million years. There's not much else you can say about it. Like, it's a bad situation. It's a bad situation for all of reckman Larson. Oh, yeah. Like, and again, not for these players. Like, I'm sure they would like to not get criticized, of course. But look, like, they're they're making their money. It's great that uh, Jim Benning decided that this would be the case. And hey, it's not even just Jim Benning. Like, you know... It's, it's the organization. It's ownership. Like, they're the oh. ones paying this contract, right? And, you know, now you've got two guys like that. Well, and, again, like, I think Miller could bounce back. Like, I don't think he's going to ever have a 99-point season again. But, like, I don't know. I just think, I think, like, it's hard. It's going to be hard to trade him. And the Canucks probably should have never signed that extension in the first place. Hindsight's yeah. twenty twenty. But trading him at the deadline, we were both pretty saying, like, hey, get this done. And you look back and like we said at the time that Lungfist, Heedle in a first, that's a fine trade return. Maybe you can get more at the draft, but if you didn't get more at the draft, you shouldn't have just said, Oh, well we didn't get what we wanted. So we're going to extend them. Like it's very much in the camp. Of I, I
2: just think Rutherford couldn't see both of these guys walking and he had to make a decision. Cause listen, if you would have, th- I think if you would have thrown that seven by eight at Horvat in the off season, He's probably taking that. He's probably his agents probably like, yeah, hell yeah. Let's take that for sure. You probably could have got Horvat for cheaper than the Miller deal.
0: But are you okay with signing Bo to a seven by eight? Like I know if you would have been in the off season, they would have got criticized. If, it heavily would have been, if, they signed if we're in a that.
2: different universe where they did sign Horvat. And even if Horvat doesn't have the season this year, you'd look at that and be like, okay, he's the captain. He's going to be here for a long time. In That's this fair. way it just looks like there's such an investment of obviously money but also just an investment of, like, this team's future in JT Miller's contract, which makes it really difficult to see, especially in the year. You know, and this would have been before Horvat, like, you know, started playing so well this season and scoring at the rate that he would have. So, like, yeah, and Ilias brings it up. It it, pr- it would have been cheaper than that, probably. Like, you could have got Patterson for, probably, I mean, Horvat. You
0: probably could have got Horvat at a $7 million cap hit in the offseason. Yeah, you it would have been in the sevens, I think. Yeah, like 7.5. You probably now could have luck. got like a six or seven-year deal at 7.5 done. It's abominable. <laughs> Do you have anything else on Miller? Because like, I just... My, no, my whole point is that. I don't want to come in here and just rip the guy for something he's already been ripped enough for. Yeah. And hey, there's stuff going on Canucks Army. There's there's plenty of stuff on Canucks Army. This story, hey, this story isn't going anywhere. Nope. And so. we're going to have lots of time to talk about it. I'm let's not going to come in here and just talk about it. Let's get to the it.
2: lines a little bit. We'll chat because the Canucks do have a game tonight. We failed to mention that. They're playing the Islanders tonight. Also, quick little news and notes out of this morning's uh, media availability. Demko skated today. Thatcher Demko back on the mm-hmm. ice today. That was really good news. Boudreaux said he's hopeful that he'll have equipment on and skating before the week is out. So some pretty good news there. That Demko. is good news. And Tanner was Pearson, Pearson still, was a little one. bit away.
0: Yeah, I think he said uh, Pearson to make the road trip. Right. I think he said that he hopes that both of them can come on the road trip, but they're they're not expecting uh, Demko back really anytime soon. So so
2: shakeups to the lines then. Yeah, defense pairings. What do you
0: think about them? I think this is the six
2: they got to roll with for a while here, right? Just like Stillman and Burroughs are clearly seven eight.
0: Canucks go on the road on Sunday. Okay. So that's kind of what we're going to look for. Uh, they're hoping that Demko can wear pads by the end of the week. So we'll see. Cool. All Go right. on. Sorry. Uh, forward lines.
2: Ilya Mikheyev, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser has one line. What do you think about that trio? Mikheyev, Horvat, Besser.
0: I don't think we've seen a lot of that. I think that line is going to have a lot of speed because of Ilya right. Mikheyev. I think it's going to have some good two-way ability because of Ilya Mikheyev. I don't think it's going to be getting a ton of matchups because Bo Horvat and Brock Besser are on that line. And Bo Horvat doesn't do that anymore. And that's the other thing. I wanted to bring this up about Miller He's playing this shutdown role with Sheldon Dries, or Sheldon Dries, no disrespect, Sheldon Dries as his winger. He's friend of the show. Yeah, I know, he's nice. Um, and Connor Garland, no disrespect to Sheldon Dries. But again, like, Miller science here for seven years I probably think he's going to play with someone better than Sheldon Dries. No disrespect, Sheldon Dries. And Connor Garland, too. Like, Connor Garland, I don't know. Connor Garland isn't this team's best winger. Garland
2: this year has been one of the bigger flops that not a lot of people are talking about. Yeah. After what he did last year with the five on five points, Garland has been one of this team's biggest flops. Yep. And that's saying a lot. We'll off talk of about the it. other players that have flopped here.
0: We'll talk about it another time, obviously, but I'm just pointing out like, yeah, Miller's playing the shutdown role. And again, like his quotes yesterday, I know they don't read super well. And I know Rutherford's comparing him to Sidney Crosby. Do we even talk about that yet? No, we
2: can hit that. (laughs) Let's quickly talk about that. I got the Rutherford quote in front of me here. Let me go ahead. Read. I'll try and get through my voice. Yeah, it is. It's doing worse than I thought. Um, He's very conscious and sure there are mistakes that are fixable and he's willing to do it. Sid Crosby. Has also been one of the great all-around players. But prior to winning back-to-back Cups, his 200-foot game had to become responsible. Ooh. Nothing but facts, B. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, well, the thing is... JT Miller about to get... Uh, he does have the 8 by 7 right? So, I mean, 87 right there. He's pretty much Sidney Crosby. <sighs> right?
0: Am I wrong? You y- Yes, but also Sisters no. Sister's a witch. Okay, um... Yeah, like those quotes don't read super well. And I know that doesn't spark a ton of confidence in a fan base that is used to not having a lot of confidence brought into it. And again, when Rutherford came here, he said all of the right things. And that really got people, you know hopeful right oh, yeah. like people weren't some hope buying that's in the big
2: you nailed it hope that's what people you just got needed together.
0: hope and right now it feels like the Canucks are once again kind of in this hopeless state right and that's not a good place that's not a good place for an organization to be in That's not a good place for fans to be in as fans of this team that watch it's not a great place not a great place for them to be let's get to Nirev's uh, comment before we
2: get to any chance of playoffs uh, it says I think Mikhail should be playing on whatever line is considered the shutdown line why acquire his defensive acumen just to play him with two mediocre defensive guys? It's a really good point, and yep. it's it's why I think. Listen, you want to go with uh, with Elias Pedersen as your matchup guy. Keep Mckayev there because he's going to help defensively, I, and he seems to work offensively. I don't know, I don't know how much longer they can go without getting that line back together. Uh, like the Kazmenko Mckayev Pedersen, there's a lot that works there. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
0: I I, I was curious about this because <sighs> Lane Peterson back with Andre Kuzbenko Peterson. Pedersen. Yeah, it worked well. It worked well. And sure. what I what I'm what I'm curious about, Chris, is this tells us a lot about matchups. So, yeah. uh, Aaron, pull those lines back up because when we look at these lines, you can see which one is going to be the matchup line tonight. Yeah, for sure, it's going to be J.C. Miller again. At center, like really, he, I didn't, I didn't think so. I was I think, thinking Horvat. I think you're going to see Miller playing against Matt no, tonight. No, I think it's going to be the Horvat. They just did it. That trio, Dries, Miller, Garland, okay. was the line that was matching up. They were playing the hard match in the past couple of games. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't fit uh, Bruce Boudreaux's mantra to okay, me. Okay, well, hang on a sec, because I don't think they're putting Lane Peterson out there to go shut down Matt Burton. No, Brzeal. I think it's,
2: that's why. I, th- I think it's of Horvat, and Besser getting. You think Horvat
0: and Besser are getting that match? Up? I do. Yeah. Well, what do you well,
2: look, look at the other lines? Do you think Dries? And They've just the been
0: doing it, and they're not changing that line. I think the fact that they changed the other lines, what I would have liked to see, I think we're going to, like, what I'm trying to say, I'm not sure to say I think this is a great idea right, that yeah, they're yeah. hard-matching Miller. What I'm trying to say is Lane Peterson being on the line instead of Ilya Mikheyev tells me that they're not thinking that the line is going to be a matchup. match yeah, what, what? Yeah. Sorry, well, I, I got a broader point here, and the big point that I'm trying to make, Chris, is that give Peterson that chance to be the shutdown center, and we've seen it, Hell like, yeah. We've seen it be on such a short leash this year, right? And and, and in past two years, too. It's not just Bruce Boudreaux doing this, right? Like, it started, and we've we've recounted this before, folks. It started against these New York Islanders on, like, March 13th, 2019, I think was the day, or 2020, excuse me. Um, Right before the world shut down, it was the last game. game. it was a five-four shootout win. I met my fiance that night. Elias Pedersen versus Matt Barzell. That was the biggest thing that happened in Chris's life that night. Was Elias Pedersen? Well, uh, I did a matchup. You're trying goal. to get me in trouble again. Uh, I'm I am, I'm I'm going to get booed by the other side at the wedding. Now, now. you got Nikki's family <laughs> against you too. Um, in all seriousness, though, like that was the time when he first got that chance as a shutdown center. This year, we saw it a little bit, and then he had that minus five effort where he was in a shutdown role, but he got just absolutely overmatched, mm. right? Had a minus five game, didn't talk to the media after the game. And then basically after that, didn't really do the shutdown role after that and didn't really get, you know, yeah, you're right. He nobody's hasn't really, been, really talking
2: about it. No, he's not going back on the horse ever. We haven't and, seen it since.
0: And I want to see him hop back. But on that's that horse. what I see from
2: these line combinations is that you can see like in practice, what Boudreaux is going to do with his top six matching up against other teams. Top six. Look, Tonight, Pedersen's in a third-line role. Like, that isn't just what we see at practice. That is what I think he's going to play. We saw it a couple nights ago. Pedersen was moved up to the second line, played in a top-six role against other teams' top sixes. If you can get the advantage to go with Pedersen against other teams' third lines, you're going to win that matchup. And I think Bruce Boudreaux right now is just looking at where he can win matchups up to this point in the season, to be honest.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's kind of the big thing to pay attention to, right, is just... Where can we win the matchups? And again, it'll be interesting to see, obviously, recording this on Tuesday. It'll be dated for those on the podcast that listen a day later. Um, we'll see who's right about the matchups tonight. I think it's going to be Miller. I think you're going to see Miller in that shutdown role. Mm-hmm. Which, hey, like, that's in defense I know, and I, know
2: I know you're not saying it's the right. It's just what you think you're going to see. Yeah, exactly. I don't think so. That's I how think Corbett's going to get that run. Okay. All right. Any chance of the playoff squads? No. Let's get to it. Uh, we got the schedule coming up here. For January, we can pull this one up here, Aaron. Uh, what it looks like coming up here, it is going to get busy. Tonight's probably the easiest game of the next. Don't be laughing at me. I seen you over there chuckling. And my I my voice cracked. I
0: wasn't laughing, yet. laughing you at you. Laughing at me hiccup.
2: over For easiest game, the next three weeks is tonight.
0: Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're right. Like they need to win this game if they want to have a decent January. Decent, not good. Decent. If they want to have. Even anywhere close to a winning record in January, they need to win tonight. Yeah. These, this
2: next run of games, these next, what is it? Nine games, 10 games here. Yeah. The next nine after this one are the big ones. You got to win five of those and you're going up against top teams in the league. So, yep.
0: and just to, you know, for those so on the is, podcast.
2: Back to my question. Is there any chance of the playoffs Quads?
0: Uh We're going to find out this month. I, I'm going to say and no. You'll, you'll right know by now?
2: the 21st of January. Yep. By yep. midnight strike on the 21st it'll
0: be really funny if they win against the good teams and then chicago seattle columbus and seattle's good don't get me wrong seattle's a good team but if they lose if they just fall to chicago seattle and columbus that would be the most canucks thing is get everybody believing again because you beat the likes of colorado winnipeg pittsburgh Tampa, florida carolina tampa once again uh, and then colorado and edmonton
2: a pair of back-to-backs against the panthers and hurricanes what are the hurricanes on like a 10-game win streak right now the The Avalanche and Oilers back to back nights. Oh God! And the,
0: look, the Avalanche are banged up, but they're still. Yeah, I got to I, I got to start putting in my
2: holidays here pretty quick here, and this looks like a good week. It's gonna be a. I think that's gonna be a. But then again, you said it like the Canucks could go off and win like seven of these games, and like and that's, that's just the way this team is, right?
0: Like you don't know when this team's gonna win or lose. I think that's the thing that concerns a lot of fans because I, I was just recently talking about this with someone when just the fact that. If this team goes on a run in oh. January, like would it surprise anyone? First of all, would it surprise no. anybody, but would it then surprise you to see this management team say we can't move Bo Horvat at the deadline? We oh. have to we owe it to this team to keep them together. We have to see what happens in the playoffs. Yep. And then they'll say,
2: it's the worst case Ontario, but <laughs> it
0: is the worst case Ontario. And they'll say things like hey, we really we really needed to keep that group together. Yeah, it didn't work out. We got bounced in the second, hell, maybe even third round. Yep. But this is a good building block for this team. And yeah, we, we figured out how to extend Bo because we gave up assets to get rid of the money owed to Brock Besser and Connor Garland and blah, 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 blah. blah. Blah, 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 blah. We have no future assets, but we kept this team together. Look, they just got to the second or third round. Did you not just see that, folks? This team can get it done, and we repeat the same song. In the next. problem is you can see his standings up here right now. The and Canucks hey, we are added seven. Jake Livingstone in free agency. Hell That'll yeah. be what they say. Get that boy over here.
2: Seven points out of a playoff spot right now. Very, coming up very close mm-hmm. to the halfway point the season. The Coyotes and Sharks are closer to the Canucks than the Canucks are to a playoff spot. The Canucks are lumped into that group. Okay? The problem is they're not lumped in there enough to actually be competing for Connor Bedard.
0: Like Anaheim and Chicago. Yeah. The Canucks need you need to finish the Canucks bottom 3. The Canucks are a three.
2: premier bad team. Yeah. They're one of they're one of the best bad teams that we've seen in the league for the last 5 years. They're an excellent bad team. They're like they're like top tier
0: you yeah, know. They have, cup
2: contending bad team.
0: They have these great players.
2: Yeah, right? they're the best non-playoff team in the league. Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. they are. They're the best non-playoff team in the league.
0: Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> that's such what a, a crappy spot. Uh, someone in the chat jumped in. Yeah, Knucklehead said, it's like a poopy wooden roller coaster. Yeah. Well, that's the
2: thing. And Knucklehead said, it's the weirdest team ever. Why does it feel like every game, every week, every month is season-defined?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's such a good point, point. and I think that's why I'm not wasting energy ripping on JT Miller no, today. It'll like, happen, folks. I'm sh- I yeah. promise you, it'll happen at some point. But I'm not. I'm not jumping into this discourse. Just bringing the oh Miller. Miller's on for this many goals and it, against. Here's the other thing: the Demko return. Yeah, it, it could be too late to
2: save this team at that point. If they if this goes really bad, and listen, you, you never want to root for this team to lose. But you, I'm rooting for this team to have a direction. So this next ten games here. Could give the Canucks, you know, an unavoidable choice to choose a direction for this team moving forward,
0: and that's what you want, and that's I think what, that's, that's what fans all want. fans so want. So again, nobody's going to start cheering for losses. all some people will, especially yeah. after you see Connor Bedard at the oh World God, Juniors. Yeah,
2: if you've ever been close to you know cheering for losses, watching Bedard play is oh my ooh.
0: gosh, he's so he's so good. Here's he's the thing totally that I think about, about the franchise:
2: if the Canucks give you a direction, at least you have something to judge their moves upon. Right? Like, if the Canucks give you a direction of rebuilding, trading a third-round pick for Travis Dorman isn't the thing that you like. Right? But right now, the Canucks are competing. They trade a third-round pick for Dorman. You're like, okay, they're trying to compete. You know, they got a little bit younger. But if you know the direction, you can judge their moves. Right now, the Canucks, like, you have to judge this team off being a playoff competitive team, because that's the last thing they've talked about. If they give you an understanding of like taking a step back, then you can judge all of their moves off of that. So I think direction is the biggest just, thing you can ask for.
0: It sucks because you see teams like Chicago and Anaheim doing so poorly that you're just like Well, they're gonna oh, be hot. Why couldn't the Canucks have done that? Like yeah, why couldn't then the Canucks like, look have at the sold Kings. off everything if they gotten those... those
2: standings back up? Look at the Kings. The Kings are rolling, man. Back in the second place in the Pacific, they're they're starting to pull away a little bit. And think about how good they did of just loading up on picks, selling, adding things.
0: Like Again, it goes back to this idea of just teams that were worse than the Canucks for a year or two starting to lap them again. And the Winter Classic just happened, and you see what the Boston Bruins are still doing with their 2011 core. And I understand it was younger than the Canucks core, but you see what they're still doing with their core. And they never went through this lull of being, oh, we're not going to be competitive or we're not going to be able to compete. Like
2: It's just... Yeah. Lisa's got it. If the Canucks get Bedard, it will be a miracle. If the Canucks get Bedard, they'll make a freaking movie about it.
0: If the Canucks get they'll Bedard. They'll make a
2: goddamn movie about it.
0: Okay. And here's the other thing I wanted to bring up um, before we get to Abbotsford here and close out. Oh, good stuff. But yeah, my voice I is good. To, You're going to have to carry the Abbotsford yeah, stuff. Yeah, I got a lot. Good luck. I wanted to quickly get this in. Seattle uh, gets the winner classic. T-Mobile Park in 2024. Right. The Vegas Golden Knights are going to be the team that visits Uh, Seattle to take on the Kraken at T-Mobile, home of my Seattle Mariners. The point here, Chris, is that the Canucks got passed on this game, obviously. The NHL loves to create these rivalries. When the Kraken came in, they said, oh, it'll be a great rivalry with Vancouver because of the geographical location of Mm -hmm. Seattle, blah, 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 blah. The NHL wants there to be a rivalry between the Canucks and the Kraken. And we don't know for sure the reason, why the Canucks didn't get picked for this game, this outdoor game. But you have to think it's partly the league looking at it and saying, well, they have Pedersen, they have Hughes, but what are they going to look like in a year? Like this team doesn't look great right now. What are they going to look like in a year? And they'll still have Pedersen. They'll still have Hughes. Knock on wood. Oh, geez. But there's not much direction with this team. and, the team's not winning a ton of games and you don't know if you're going to get a great product. And I think that's what the NHL most of all wants when they have these I games. Also,
2: I, yeah. I see what you're saying, but I also think that like the NHL knows what it's doing, where it's like, this maybe is going to create more fans in those markets. Cause I feel like the NHL looks at Vancouver and I feel like, listen, the league doesn't give the, a lot to Vancouver. Cause they're just like, Oh, Van-, like the fan base here is incredible. Like mm-hmm. there's an incredible amount of fans who are extremely engaged so the NHL's like, yeah, we don't have to worry about that. It, it just kind of sucks a lot of the time with the the abominable tr- treatment of the of the Vancouver market here and the way things kind of work out. It's too bad. But I don't really care. It doesn't really shake my my uh my feathers off. Yep. Is that a saying? That should be a saying. Shake my feathers off.
0: I've never heard it.
2: I like it actually.
0: Um the point I was trying to make, Chris, is if you get Connor Bedard, if you were so lucky to get Connor Bedard. Yep. You've got a team that is now marketable anywhere. Like you probably get the Winter Classic if you have Connor Bedard. Like if you have rookie Connor Bedard or sophomore when they make the next decision, and it's probably not going back to Seattle, right? And it's not coming up here, probably. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you have Connor Bedard, like you have you have such a marketable player. Like you have the face of your franchise. And again, like him and Elias Pettersson are going to be the one-two punch that so many great teams have. Right? With Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, just to name two. Right? Like, and that's one pair. I understand. But. Jim Rutherford's old pair. What, I, what I'm saying. Don't take
2: that eye contact. <laughs> Why do you get to do this? Story? I got a message in here in the chat. Uh, Faber, you're thinking of Ruffles My Feathers.
0: Yes, that one. Yeah.
2: What I'm saying is. bird, you're is shaking the feathers.
0: You see Connor Bernard play, and I just don't know how you look at it and don't say, yeah, let's sell off everything we have to get the absolute best chance we can at drafting this guy. Because, hey, even if you don't, at least you've got a rebuild direction and you're going to get a good player. Yeah, like any the, of them. It's not. Oh, darn. Well, oh, hiccups bad. Told you I was having hiccups. Mm-hmm. Um, darn, we lost out on Connor Bernard, and now we have to take Matt Vay Mitchcock or Leo Carlson or Adam Fantilli. You know what? I would love for the Canucks to have Mitchcock because then it's like. You gotta
2: rebuild. You gotta start looking into the future quite a bit, because you're not getting this savior in year one either. But Mitchkov's gonna Force, be an impact. Yeah, the you gotta draft to wait pick forces them. You have to wait for it. Or they, they pass on Michkov That's to take why it's someone like, ready from the WHL here and this, now. I would love the best thing that could happen, and this is possible. I don't I don't know how possible it is actually. But like the Canucks, let's say they finish eighth worst in the league, and they drop yeah. to like ninth, and nobody wants to take Mitchkov and he slides to nine. I would like the Canucks need to take him there. I love a silly pod Colson. I love exactly. Pod Colson was ranked, uh, you know, top three by a lot of people going into it, but he had a two year wait. Mitchkov has four.
0: I'm sorry. I, I, I know you do a lot of draft work and I'm not trying to slag on anybody who does draft work. Yeah, I am so done. Getting excited about first overall picks that don't deserve it. Like, remember, I okay, even said to you. On, no. Not this year, a little, I, you know. No,
2: no, no. Be careful.
0: Connor Bedard deserves it. So do some of these other guys as well. You're I the first, first guy to come out. Bedard's overrated. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Just people complaining about gonna, his defensive game. It's going
2: to be a fourth line winger. The people
0: complaining about Bedard's defensive game because of that turnover that led to the really? second slowback goal. Um, Regardless, what I'm trying to say is like I'm watching Alexi Lafreniere, and we didn't even talk about this. Uh, right. Dolly Wall reporting that the Canucks are interested in this player and have called in. I talked to someone else, um, and you know he basically just said like everybody's called uh, the Rangers. Yeah, and I'm not trying to discredit Dolly's report because there's checking in, and then there's also having interest, and then there's also kicking tires. There's a whole bunch of different ways to put it. But ruffle uh, some teams feathers, have, yep. yeah, shake some feathers, like you yeah, said, shake the bird. Um, Teams have varying levels of interest, and I think the Canucks are a little more interested than other teams. My point here, Chris, is I wasn't excited about Alexis Lafreniere. I wasn't excited about Shane Wright, and I remember you telling me I was like, I don't think Shane Wright should go first overall, and that was a hot take at the time. What happened? He didn't go first overall. I don't. I don't do victory laps around that much. No, I should. Well, you knew enough. The Quads plan, Knucklehead
2: said. They found this in the Quads plan. Take Mitchkov first overall. Pass on that <laughs> overrated Bedard kid.
0: Force yourself to wait. You have to. You have also, to uh, I see somebody the in the chat
2: has guessed my word of the day. From my, uh, I've been trying. I got my word of the day thing. Look at this: t- three hundred and sixty-five words of the day. We should do that as a thing on each show, and yeah. you say
0: it the next day. What if, yesterday's word yeah, was? If,
2: no, but people can guess into in the chat. True sight. Uh, they nailed it. Uh, today's word of the day is abominable
0: yeah Faber got a word of the day calendar folks this is our lives now yeah so i'm going to try and fit the word i like, in it. Every I day like and it sound
2: a little bit smarter but i think i screwed it up a few times and my my sinuses aren't helping uh the way i've been saying <laughs> abominable. abominable but you screwed it up you couldn't say it at the start of the show either. yeah i couldn't abominable yeah abominable
0: Okay, 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 enough. Uh, Abbotsford, let's Let's, do let's it.
2: move out to the Valley, folks. All right, let's Let's uh, um, let's get last night's uh, stat line up here just anyways. This gave them a five-game winning streak for the Abbotsford uh, Connections from their Twitter account over there. Look at the names here, quads, on the goal scoring. Huglander scores a second in two games. Tristan Nielsen scores. Klimovich scores. Amon with a pair. Klimovich scored six. Go- oh, it's on the season. Don't. Yeah. Well, your boy RDC loves, too. He's been playing really good. Yeah. But look at that! Like, look at the goal scores. You love to see this on your AHL team.
0: Yeah, you absolutely do. And again, like you know, we talked about Niels Amon going down and what that means for this team. You know, both at the NHL and the AHL level. And Niels Amon's playing on a line with uh, Linus Carlsen and, and Niels Hoglander and we're seeing him have kind of some success as a scorer. And again, like, I'm not trying to say that fourth liners grow on trees. NHL nope. players don't grow on trees, nope. but. Nope this organization would benefit a lot more if Nils Amon could turn himself into a third-line center that has a bit of a scoring touch, right? Like, if he could develop into that, this organization would really benefit from it. For sure. That goal he scored yesterday was beautiful. Yeah, Abbotsford's doing it right. Uh, Daniel Klimovich is scoring at 5-on-5. Five five. Yeah. Jeremy Colton's pushing all the right points,
2: buttons. Uh for Klimovich over his last 12 games. So, uh, hot stuff there from uh, who's not getting any power play time. You mentioned they're doing it all at 5-on-5. Five five. And then here's your boy, Quads. Archer Selov's. get this up here. In his last uh, 11 starts, he's 10-1-0. He's also 21 years old, second in the AHL with 13 wins.
0: Man, you're just battling through it, eh?
2: I'm fighting through this one, yeah. Uh, this um, Everything, you know, today I woke up and I felt better. Went to the rink and things went downhill. I left. And even on the show today, now I'm feeling it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling it. At the end you,
0: uh, you had your own little home remedy. You were... Uh... Eating the spicy. Oh. Yeah. That was uh that was really I normally
2: spicy. do a couple like drops of this hot sauce in there. I did the full package today.
0: Really? Ooh. wow. There Ugh. it is right there. Yeah, those those bodily there sounds. It is. Right Ugh. There. Oh yeah.
2: ASMR. I, I was <laughs> if I get really close to the microphone, touch my lips on it. All right, I'm sick. Let's. Uh, well,
0: I, I got something to say about it because you know you're eating this hot sauce, and I was just watching you, and I was like, "What's going to happen later?" You know.
2: Oh, you know, I didn't even think about that.
0: Like you know, you're you're burping.
2: Yeah, I thought about driving. I didn't think about putting it in reverse. <laughs> but I guess we'll find out in a couple hours. Is that that's what you're getting at? Right. It was what I was getting at. All right, no prospects report. Let's get to our bets. Okay. Betway, Betway, Betway. Our bet of the day today. And sorry, Abbotsford, they play again tomorrow. Then they're back home on the weekend. Hopefully, I'm good and uh, healthy for the weekend there. I'd love to get out to Abbotsford, chat uh, with some of the guys here. You want to do the bets
0: of the day today? quads? Yeah, sure. Okay, Okay. over at Betway, 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 Betway. JT Melia or... J. C. Miller or Ilya McKay. It's harder than it looks, isn't it? <laughs> to score uh, one plus goals at minus one hundred and fifty, a ten dollar bet gets you sixteen sixty-six on your return. The other one, the New York Islanders to win on the money line, along with over six point five total goals, and Elias Petterson to score a goal plus seven hundred odds. Ten dollar bet gets you eighty dollars in return. Play responsibly if you choose to do so, folks. Uh, over at Betway, must be. 19 oh plus my to play. God. Sorry, I just took a peek at nope. t- tomorrow's don't day. Don't say, we'll say it on the um, show. I
2: know, but the, that's going to be the easiest word because I've never seen that word in my life before.
0: Yeah, I I, I hadn't even seen that Oh, word. my gosh. What is that word? Oh, Don't say it out loud. But no, no, no. I mean, people will know now if when they watch Anybody? Tomorrow,
2: yeah, if people miss this tomorrow on the show, they won't miss y'all, it.
0: Are, y'all are out to Cause lunch. Because we're going to have to take a deep breath and oh my gosh. read it, uh, you know.
2: I thought the words were going to be, like, pretty okay-ish. Yeah. That word's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Betway, Betway, Betway. 19 Yeah, Knucklehead, what's the play. count there on quads is first bet. Yeah, weather. yeah. We, not,
2: not as... You know, I, I've i been slowing down on a few of mine, too. I've been uh, getting it down. Yeah. Anybody got any, uh, like, final getting rid of a flu tips? You know? I, uh, I steamed in the shower a little bit today, put a really hot shower on, and steamed a little bit, tried to blow everything out, but I just... <gasps> The sign. What's going on over We're there? Just,
0: I, what the heck was that? Did you hear that? Yeah. Is that you? No. I think that's you. That wasn't me. You gotta. What do you have to do? Blow it all out? Is that what you said? Are you? I'm not touching anything. Hear I heard it. I thought it was you. No, that wasn't me. I haven't heard anything. All right. Okay. <laughs> what the hell?
2: I got four. <laughs> <laughs> it. Think, uh, I think that's Aaron over I there. I think producer Aaron's having a little fun with you. Yeah, I guess so. All right. <laughs> we're, li-
0: we're listening for it now.
2: Sweat it out. Vicks up. I got that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'll be on that. You so. rattled after those sounds. Well, I thought it was. I thought it could have been myself, but I don't think it was. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time.
0: Okay. Uh, we'll wrap it up there uh, for my co-host and. Uh, our technical producer, excuse me, jeez. I forgot his last name again. No, Aaron Bordado. That's it. Start calling Uh, Gassy Aaron over there. Technical (laughs) producer, Aaron (laughs) Bordado. My name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to the always mature uh, Canucks conversation.
2: Abominable. Thanks for listening
1: to Canucks conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an
2: episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?